0: Hello and welcome to the Wonder Baba podcast. My name is Sheena Mitchell. I'm a pharmacist and mum of three. I'm here to chat all about child and family health. I combine healthcare and practical advice to help you on your parenting journey. I really hope you enjoy the show. In this episode, we'll be chatting all about why or when you might have a C-section. We'll be discussing how to prepare and more importantly, to recover from a C-section. I'll be given some tips on what's useful to pack in your hospital bag and also talking about recovery at home. We'll also be chatting today about breastfeeding and exercise post-c-section. I really can't wait to get started but first I'm excited to introduce you to my sponsor. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Medicare FemSense, Ireland's newest and most innovative ovulation tracking solution. The Medicare FemSense Smart Temperature Patch is comfortable and discreet and is worn under your arm during your fertile window to measure and confirm ovulation. Women have reported a 93% success rate in detecting ovulation, with over 10,000 pregnancies already recorded. Coming soon in a pharmacy near you. Visit flemingmedical.ie forward slash FemSense for more details. We all know that a C-section requires major abdominal surgery. Obviously, the goal makes this surgery worthwhile. All we really want at the end of any sort of delivery is a happy, healthy baby, and the same for mum. But sometimes finding out that you have to have a C-section, either at the time um, of labour, where it would be considered an emergency C-section, or in the weeks advancing uh, the labour, in which case it's called an elective c-section now i have to say i take argument myself with the word elective because there's a lot of moms out there who've had elective c-sections who certainly did not want them it wouldn't have been their primary choice for delivery so they would have preferred to try a natural delivery and i certainly fall into that category so i suppose understanding why sections are needed is really important. So I'll start off by just explaining that an emergency C-section generally happens when the doctors have concern over mum's safety or the baby's safety. This kind of happens during labor usually for reasons like the labor failing to develop or any other such dangerous condition. Um, It can also happen from complications before labor, such as severe bleeding or preeclampsia that, you know, a delay just can't be waited for. So the C-section needs to proceed straight away. In the case of an elective C-section, generally, that is a very different process. With an emergency section, there's a lot of stress involved. You know, the family involved haven't had time to kind of process their thoughts and consider what's involved and it can be extremely stressful. It can happen, I suppose, at any time of day. It can happen after a full day of labor where, you know, you thought things were going okay, and then for whatever reason, you're advised that you're going to need a C-section, that certainly brings a bigger element of trauma to the situation. And I do feel huge empathy for any moms who've been in that situation because You know, obviously, at that stage, you're tired, you're exhausted and you're upset. Obviously, it's important for parents out there or mums out there who are pregnant now to think about that, you know, that can happen regardless of intention. And it's no one's choice. It's just nature. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're lucky to be able to respond medically to a medical emergency. So I think keeping an open mind about your birthing plan is really, really, really helpful. Even if all seems well, and it looks like you're gonna have a natural delivery that you wanted, I just think you should have the priorities in your mind that no matter how the baby arrives, so long as they arrive healthily, that's the ultimate goal. And yes, of course, you're entitled to be disappointed afterwards that you didn't get to have a natural delivery. And that is definitely upsetting in either emergency or elective situations. But for emergency situations, I think if you haven't thought about it pre-labor, then, you know, you can be underprepared and it can come as more of a shock and more of an upset. So certainly just keeping an open mind and having your goal for pregnancy to result in a healthy baby is really you know, all all that our focus needs to be on. Elective sections. So, as I said, I really hate that word because I had three elective sections. If you could see me now, I'm doing that really annoying inverted commas thing. But elective sections happen uh, due to issues really with the pregnancy. These can vary. So it can be because a mom has an infection or medical conditions such as heart disease, which would mean that the labor would be dangerous for her. It can also be due to breech babies. So my first baby, I actually, I just laugh thinking back now because I found out at 37 weeks that my eldest daughter had just flipped into a breech position. And I mean... Up until that point, C-section was absolutely not on my radar at all. And I was really shocked, even though, you know, I had two weeks to prepare for my section. So I had time to process it. But there was every chance that the baby might turn and my natural delivery would still be possible. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm a fairly stubborn person. So I went on to a website called spinningbabies.com which I'm sure works for lots of parents and lots of mums. But it basically didn't work for me, unfortunately, but ended up (laughs) my husband coming home from work one day, finding me lying pretty much upside down on an ironing board that was leaning off the couch in the hope that that was going to help me turn my baby. Anyway, no matter what my plans were, I suddenly realised that parenthood was never going to go to plan and that all standards or preconceived ideas were best chucked out the window. Uh, So that was probably the first real experience of motherhood I had and probably I should have taken that as a warning for what was to come. Other reasons that an elective C-section can be necessary include the position of the placenta. So if the placenta is basically covering the cervix, it's not going to be possible to have um, a natural delivery. And, you know, it's really important that mums realise that all of these factors are something that you have absolutely no control over. over, And having an elective section does not equate failure in any way, shape or form. Another reason that you may need an elective C-section is if you have had previous C-sections. So, There's a term which may be familiar to some of you called feedback, and it is basically when you attempt a vaginal birth after a cesarean section. So VBAC. It is something that can be discussed with your consultant or midwife led team. But it is something that has risks attached to it. Again, it doesn't always work out, but of course it's worth trying. I tried it with my second daughter and unfortunately she went 12 days overdue, which isn't a surprise to me now that I know the child. (laughs) She's late for everything. So ultimately because of the risks associated with carrying a pregnancy on beyond 12 days overdue, I had to go in for another elective C-section. On my third child, because I had two previous C-sections I was advised that it was best not to attempt natural delivery. And that's based on the best medical advice that there is out there. You will come across debate online about this, whether or not you can have a natural delivery after two sections. But it's something that your consultant would need to agree with. And I'm not sure that many of them are enthusiastic in Ireland due to the risks associated Um, with it for the mum. So in any case, having a C-section, being told you're going to have a C-section, whether emergency or elective, can be a big shock. Personally, I was a bit devastated, but when you are explained, I suppose the health statistics, so the positive outcome likelihood for your baby, it pretty quickly changes your mind. And the main thing is just to remember that ultimately, no one really asks you how your baby got here. No one cares, you might care, but you won't care as soon as you're holding your gorgeous baby in your arms. So it's worth always remembering that and keeping that in the back of your mind when you're considering a birthing plan. Okay, so now we know why you're having a c-section. So it's time to consider then a few thoughts for the time before you're having a c-section if it's elective. And one thing that springs to mind, people are always tempted to tidy up their bikini area before a c-section. It's important to make sure that you don't shave in the kind of 24 hours previous to a c-section some medics will even recommend up to a week that's because it you can increase the risk of infection so just something silly and something small but something very practical that you should mention to your um, midwife or consultant before taking any drastic action. Another useful thing to think about if you're going in for c-section is those awful giant green maternity pads you can get them in pharmacies they look horrendous but they are fabulous not only for dealing with the vaginal bleeding that you have which is like a very heavy period after you have a baby so c-section moms um don't escape that bleeding i'm afraid so obviously they're useful for the first couple of days after a c-section instead of a normal sanitary towel but they can also be useful help protect your wound so it sounds (laughs) a bit random but using one of those pads and tucking them down inside your underwear can stop your leggings or pajamas or whatever it is rubbing off your wound and can give a little bit of a cushion and this can actually be very useful even after you've gone home if you have other children at home that are jumping and lepping all over you, you know, you get a bit kind of protective of your wound, but obviously you don't want to deter your other children from coming for hugs. So sometimes it's just a nice peace of mind to have one of those pads there just as an extra layer of protection. Speaking of clothing, another good thing to put in the hospital bag are loose leggings or maternity yoga pants are fantastic as they go right up over the bump, which means they're going right up over the scar. Yeah that's really important and that's one difference between a vaginal birth and a c-section birth. It's just important to think about your wound post delivery and the practical aspects of dressing it comfortably. The other thing which is quite useful is a simple shower gel. Quite literally you can use the simple brand sensitive shower gel um, for your showers after your c-section. So it's good because it doesn't have any fragrance or anything that might irritate your wound. So you're not gonna use shower gel directly on your wound. But if it does happen to kind of go that direction, then it's completely okay. Breastfeeding pillows are also extremely useful because you can lay your baby on them and that way they're not leaning on your scar. So it's just another handy way to reduce some discomfort. You can obviously use normal pillows, but sometimes the breastfeeding ones are just a really nice, snug fit and more comfy to use. The last thing about preparation for C-section to think about really is that, first of all, as I mentioned, the Lochia. Yeah, so you you will have regular vaginal bleeding after having your baby. So just to bear that in mind, I also think it's good to know that you're going to have a catheter in for the first several hours post-section so after you you know finish in the theater you'll be brought to a recovery room a lot of hospitals now allow your baby to be with you in the recovery room which is great for skin to skin and you know it's never too early to start breastfeeding in my own experience for my first baby i wasn't allowed to bring my baby into the recovery room and for my second and third I actually didn't want to because post-section, obviously, you're waiting on movement in your limbs and, you know, your toes, et cetera, coming back. So you're completely immobile. And I actually think it's a nice little 40 minutes, hour, maybe hour and a half, where your husband can do skin to skin with your baby and have some bonding time. You're kind of, you know, wiped from the drugs. So it's nice to have that little hour of just you know, recovery before you go back up and have endless amounts of time with your baby. I do appreciate that some women won't want to be separated at all. But for me, I thought it was a nice opportunity for my husband and also for me, if I'm quite honest, because I felt quite groggy after the medication. The catheter is basically inserted during the section. My husband always laughs because after my first baby i was still a little bit well i'm gonna say off my head on drugs and i said wow isn't it amazing i had a baby and like no one had to see my vagina like all my dignity is intact and he was like how do you think they got the catheter in and i was like oh yeah yeah so no (laughs) dignity is always left at the door of maternity hospital but anyway, I'm an idiot. We've established that. <laughs> but yeah, the catheter you think sounds horrible is actually just amazing because you don't need to get up to go to the toilet at all. You don't feel the urge to go to the toilet, and to be quite honest, I was always a bit devastated when they took it out the next that night or the next morning. Speaking about the next day, and um, you'll find that the nurses are quite eager. get you out of bed and this can be just you know if you've had a morning section it can be later in that day or if you had a late section it could be the next morning and you can feel completely unprepared to stand up you've lost your confidence you are nervous of your wound all of these feelings and you might be looking at the nurse like she's lost her mind how could she possibly want you to stand up and go for a shower but actually it's really, really important to do that because staying mobile and getting up and about actually really aids your recovery and you feel so much better. Obviously, there, you know, there are things you can do to help yourself stand up initially and the midwives and nurses will help you with that. But basically by lying on your side and using your hands to push yourself up rather than using your abdominal muscles can get you into a sitting position so that you can you can stand kind of gently and slowly from that point i'd use that same tip for the following kind of week or two post section um, just rely on your arms a bit more always just rolling onto your side and pushing yourself up with your arms to get out of bed rather than trying to just strain your abdominal muscles because they can be quite tender and it just makes the whole thing a lot easier As I said earlier, the medications used during a C-section can make you feel a little bit unwell. A lot of people don't suffer any side effects. And actually, I found on my three C-sections, I reacted differently to each one. But some of the side effects can include kind of drowsiness, nausea, vomiting, itchiness, and a bit of confusion. And these are all normal. So don't be alarmed if if you're suffering from any of those side effects it's all regular and it's just the medications and they do wear off pretty quickly but obviously ask the midwife for for help if you're concerned about any of those symptoms the other thing to talk about which is related to the medications that are used during your uh, spinal anesthetic are the medications that you'll be prescribed for the few days after your c-section so When you're in the hospital, you'll get slightly stronger medication. And when you're discharged, you'll be given paracetamol or paracetamol with codeine and some ibuprofen, depending on your pre-existing conditions and your suitability to those medications. And I would recommend taking them regularly for the first few days. There is no point in being a martyr. A mother who's not in pain is probably a happier mother and one who is more fit to mind their baby and you kind of have to find that balance and don't feel bad for needing the pain relief and for you know asking for it in the hospital because sometimes you know it mightn't be offered because everyone has different pain thresholds so if you are very sore it's important to highlight that and make sure that you know your your pain is being resolved In relation to breastfeeding post C-section, I know a lot of people think that it might be more of a struggle or that it's impossible and that could not be further from the truth. So breastfeeding can absolutely be done. Just because your baby was born by C-section does not mean that your body hasn't prepared by going through the labor process. As soon as your baby is welcomed into this world, your body starts preparing to feed it in the initial few days, you will produce what's known as colostrum, um, also known as liquid gold. So before your full milk comes in, the colostrum is absolutely enough to feed your baby. It's it's absolutely full of nutrients. So it does take that few days for your milk to come in. But just keep offering the baby, you know, a feed anytime that they are looking for it. Um, there's no such thing as too much breastfeeding in those early days your baby is looking for it and that's going to stimulate your supply and can really help to regulate supply as as the weeks go on so obviously feeding to demand is really important in those early days there's a conversation to be had about the use of soothers um, and their impact on breastfeeding but that's one for another day if you feel any way you know a lack of confidence in breastfeeding post-section, or if you feel like your milk isn't coming in, or if you feel like you're really struggling, reach out while you're in the hospital because they have lactation consultants in there who can hopefully give you a visit. Lactation consultants are absolutely amazing. They are absolute lifesavers and thank God for them. They can resolve, you know, what feels like a huge breastfeeding issue by making a simple adjustment to either holding position or the baby's latch or anything like that. And it's really good when you have a C-section because you're in there for a few days and you've got a bigger opportunity to meet with the hospital lactation consultant. So it's something I'd be asking for from day one, if you can, um, because obviously it gets more tricky to see one when you leave the hospital. In terms of feeding positions, obviously, I've mentioned pillows. I'm quite emphatic about pillows after a C-section. But a breastfeeding pillow is fantastic just to get your baby into a nice cradle hold. It's comfortable after a C-section. But there's certainly loads of positions that you can try and find that are comfortable for you and the baby. But as I said, the babies are so, so light when they're born. Oh, my goodness, my children are so big now. But anyway, babies are so, so tiny. Um, and light that they're not gonna hurt your wound by, you know, laying on you feeding. So C-section certainly is not a reason not to feed and reaching out and getting the support that you need to make that happen is really, really important. Okay, so I'm gonna move on to a few tips for when you get home after your C-section. So I'd recommend bringing a small, very small cushion in the car if someone's coming to collect you so that you, because obviously you can't drive after a C-section. So you need to have a little cushion or just something, even a little blanket, just under the seatbelt, just, you know, over your wound so that the seatbelt doesn't hurt on the way home. Very important to to reiterate that you can't drive after a C-section. And if you feel well enough to, after, you know, a couple of weeks, by all means ring your insurance company and see if they're okay with it. but it is something to to bear in mind. Also, it's important not to do any heavy lifting. You can lift your baby and not really anything heavier than that. And that's kind of a good rule of thumb. So it's a good opportunity to get people, you know, doing some of the heavy lifting around you and doing some hard work. I feel like a saucepan might be just heavier than a baby, but you know, (laughs) who am I to decide? I'll let you have that debate at home, depending on what what help is available but everything is manageable even if you have toddlers at home who are struggling to understand that you have a sore tummy and that you can't pick them up i would say i can completely empathize with them before you went in you know you were able to lift them and hug them and while you had a bump you certainly weren't saying ow every time they were approaching you so the best way to do it is to stay really positive not to let them know too much but just to say i have a sore tummy it'll get better really soon but if you wouldn't mind for a few weeks i can give you a hug this way so i would recommend sitting down in an armchair it's really useful to have a comfy armchair at home if you can for after your section because the armrest can help getting out of the chair and make just that few days a little bit easier so i'd recommend doing that and popping one leg down into a straight position and encouraging your toddler to slide up your leg. So you can pull them a little bit, but you're kind of able to lift them up with your leg rather than, you know, bending over and picking them up. So you scoosh them up your leg and then they can sit on you and you can obviously position cushions so that your wound is protected. I find that really, really, really helpful during, you know, that time when I brought my babies home first. The second thing is even in terms of a chair, obviously having a good chair that helps with breastfeeding is good. I'd also recommend if you've older children to stick loads of sticker books and snacks and all kinds of things down the sides of the chair so that when you're stuck in the chair feeding, you still have ways to distract your toddler who's not going to be impressed that you're stuck to the chair for 45 minutes. So, you know, being prepared is definitely the answer. In terms of moving about do try and go for small walks as soon as you feel up to it small walks often really help and while at the start you can be extremely nervous about it it's important to keep moving and that's really going to help your wound to heal in terms of wound care and seeing your wound seeing your wound for the first time can be an emotional moment because you know you've you've got a scar And it's tender and it's sore, and your body looks extremely different to what it was previous to pregnancy. So, I'd recommend taking your time for that moment. So, I would recommend standing in front of a long mirror because, not joking, like you can't see your wound when you're looking down when you've just had a C section. It can be very hard. The area is still a little swollen. So, standing in front of a mirror and just try and You know, look at it in a positive way. C-section wounds look much bigger straight after a C-section than they actually end up. They kind of shrink and, you know, kind of disappear. They change in colour from a very dark purpley colour to see-through, almost gone. And just a very, very faint line. And they become quite neat. And because the position of them, you know, they're kind of lower than your bikini would be sitting. So really, you know, it's not something that you're going to have to wear like a war wound. So try and think positive thoughts about it. For me, I was always, you know, if I, if I caught glance of it in the mirror, I would think, well, wow, that's actually how my baby was delivered healthily. And I'm grateful for my wound because if I didn't have that wound, I don't know how, you know, my initial breech baby would have survived delivery. delivery. So it's really... A lot of it is to do with how you explain it to yourself and how you look at your wound. But really and truly, the wound is not something that remains an issue for very long afterwards. In terms of wound care, obviously your midwives will advise you on that. When you're leaving the hospital, generally, you know, there's dissolvable stitches put in so they don't need to be removed. odd time you know a staple might be used and that might need to be removed after about seven days but usually it's just dissolvable stitches so it's just keeping an eye on them they kind of just fade away into nothing so you're just keeping an eye on the area just rinsing it gently with water when you're in the shower just let the water run over your wound looking around for little areas that might be weeping or red or very hot or swelling a little bit those are things to flag to your gp if if you have any concerns about them, but really and truly the surgeons are pretty good at what they do. And a lot of the times there's zero complications. Okay. So talking about exercising after a C-section, as I mentioned earlier, you really have to avoid doing any heavy lifting, especially for the first six weeks. So nothing heavier than the baby. And it's really worth minding yourself during that period of time, because The last thing you want is to open your wound by doing too much. Oh, sounds horrible. So just remember, for the first six weeks, you're doing very little. Just kind of focus on things like your posture, which will help your tummy muscles to, to support your wound. In terms of exercise, really, before you do anything, high impact, even jogging, it's best to wait about 12 weeks, sometimes even a little bit more. It's worth getting your doctor to give you the thumbs up before doing it. And anything that you start, you know, any kind of weightlifting or strenuous exercise or even jogging, just make sure to start slowly and small and build up from it. It takes you time to get used to it again, and it's no harm to have an instructor if you're in a gym to check your techniques and just take it handy. It's definitely worth minding yourself, but Even, you know, kind of looking up pelvic floor exercises and doing gentle walking is really good for your mental health after having a baby. And certainly getting out with the buggy I used to find after a C-section was almost a comfort because I liked having the buggy to hold on to. In the early days, it just gave me that little bit of extra physical security that I felt I needed until I got used to moving fully again. OK, I'd just like to take the chance to answer a couple of questions that were asked through Instagram. So a few people have asked if the recovery is faster on a second or subsequent C-section and if it's easier. And in general, I can say it is much easier. Obviously, it depends on your particular circumstances. But you have to remember that the second section, you know how to move you know how to lift. You don't need to figure out kind of all of the simple things like how to get out of bed and what's the most comfortable clothing to wear. All these simple little things that, you know, take mental drain the first time, just come naturally the second time. And you're much more forgiving of your body and you know what to expect. So I certainly found it a lot easier on the second and third sections Understanding the process of going in for a section, if it's an elective one, is a comfort, when you know, the night before when you're thinking about it. Obviously, if it's an emergency section, again, it's it's back to that different type of trauma. Uh, So I suppose it depends on your personal situation. Another couple of people were asking about lumps around their scars, little bumps and things like that. A few months on. So what I'd say is that in the very early weeks, you can expect a few lumps and bumps. As I said earlier, you just don't want them to be kind of weeping or very red or inflamed. I know I personally had a dissolvable stitch that didn't dissolve on one of my sections and it just need to be trimmed back by the GP. There's there's little things like that can happen, but they're quite rare Sometimes if there's a little bump a few months on it might just be worth getting your GP to check it out you know if it's if it's sore so a little bit of tenderness continues to to last for a few months afterwards and this is because your nerves are all kind of knitting back together and you know it's major surgery you've had so it can take time. That brings me on to another question I have about pain persisting so some people have said that they have a tender scar a few years on just at times and there can be scar tissue left after a c-section internally and this can sometimes cause a bit of pain so it's worth getting it checked out if it's severe and very persistent but certainly I found every now and again for a year or two afterwards I'd get a tiny niggle and it could be very intermittent it could be a month or two apart And as time has passed by, that fades to nothing. But obviously, if you have any concerns at all, it's always best to speak to the GP. They can have a look and reassure you. And they may even recommend, you know, seeing a physiotherapist who can help with your recovery as well. Thank you so much for joining me for the first episode of the first series of the Wonder Baba podcast. And a huge thank you to the Medicare FemSense Ovulation Tracker for supporting my efforts. I really look forward to sharing even more about the product when we speak about fertility in another episode in Series 1. You can follow Wonder Baba on Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date on podcasting episodes. They'll also be available on our website www.wonderbaba.ie. The Wonder Baba podcast will be released every two weeks. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to chatting again soon.